Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Welcome into the show, everybody. Thank you so much for being here with us on this Tuesday edition of Fantasy MLB Today, which is brought to you by Sports Ethos. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys already know me. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Hit the follow button there. You get links to the shows when they go out. You also get um, other threads, other thoughts, retweets, things like that throughout the day. So go ahead, show some support on Twitter, and also show some support on the podcast page, whatever it is you use, whether it be Google, Spotify, Apple, whatever, uh, leaving a five-star review, preferably a five-star review, would really help us move up in search results, things like that. So go ahead and do that. Now, one thing I will say before we really get going here is I might be sounding a little bit different to you guys. That's because I've got a new microphone set up that I'll be using going forward. Still waiting on a couple of different uh, pieces in the mail. Um, hopefully, we get them today. One of them is supposed to be uh, help re- with reducing echo. So if there is a touch of echo on the show today, I do apologize. I'll try uh, in the editing process to clean it up as much as possible. But you longtime viewers know that I am not much in the way of technology. So I'll do my best. But if there is a bit of echo, I do apologize. We should have that cleaned up for you guys uh, going forward here. We're going to be looking at, well, first of all, we have... An 18-game slate today in Major League Baseball. There are three doubleheaders, so the White Sox and the Royals. We have the Mets and the Cardinals. And then the other one is the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. So a total of 18 Major League games will be taking place today. It's a little overwhelming. Certainly, if you're setting your lineups, you're going to have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, In terms of the position players, you're mostly going to be trying to put in those guys who do have the doubleheaders. Uh, it goes pretty much without saying that that'll be the case. The guy has two games in one day. You're going to more than more than often than not put him in for the guy who has one game. Now, unless we're talking, I don't know, uh, the, the worst player on your team, maybe a guy has two games versus Mike Trout has one game or something, then okay, then I, I understand where you're coming from putting in Mike Trout there. But for the most part, you're going to be looking at those two start guys, and they're going to be the ones who are going into your lineups today. There will be a mix of some guys who don't have any doubleheaders, but I've been looking at my teams, and maybe it's just the shares of the players I have, but there are a lot of guys who have the doubleheaders today. So it's going to be a big day for at-bats, hopefully a big day for counting stats for me and hopefully for you guys as well. Now we'll start the show off uh, the way we typically have. I know, yes, it was a little bit different. We had a guest on, so 
Uh, and a big thank you to Bubba for coming on the show there. We are going to be looking at uh, some of the bigger performances from yesterday in Major League Baseball before we really look at today. And I think the biggest one from yesterday, uh, certainly on the pitching side, was Freddie Peralta. He went seven strong, striking out ten, uh, only giving up one walk and two hits. He got the W here, 102 pitches in a one nothing victory. And I think it's pretty safe to say that the Freddie Peralta of old is back. Uh, this was his biggest performance of the season in terms of fantasy points and in terms of strikeouts, and it was also his deepest outing. And across the board, it was really a fantastic game for him against a very tough Atlanta team. So <clears throat> if you had any worries about Freddie Peralta, uh, they've probably been, been quashed now. If there was a manager in your league who was maybe a little hesitant on him going forward, they're probably not anymore. He's really settled down now. So any kind of buy-low window on him is more than likely shut. Kurt Gazzali, the catcher for the San Francisco Giants, hit a couple of home runs last night. It's not really going to be too interesting uh, on the fantasy side. He's a platoon guy with Joey Bart. They switch around a little bit. This was definitely a massive game, and if you had him in a DFS lineup or if you had him on your team for yesterday, then you're probably looking very successful. But uh, he's not someone who's really going to be too interesting going forward. Here's somebody I missed on a little bit yesterday, Wade Miley. I didn't think we would see this kind of performance from him. I don't know that many people did. He went seven innings, only giving up one hit and striking out six against the Pirates. One of his best performances I've seen in a while from Wade Miley. Uh, certainly his best outing of the year after his debut against San Diego was not so great. This was a fantastic start from him. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it was also a really advantageous matchup. So I'm not really going to be too interested in using an ad on him here outside of really deeper formats. If you're in a standard 10 or 12 team league, uh, that spot would much be much better used for streaming. So I'm going to... Not be too interested in Miley there, but a really great game from him there. 36 fantasy points on Yahoo. Uh, he did a great job. Uh, Luis Severino also had a really good game, going six strong, striking out seven, only giving up one earned run, uh, two walks and one hit while also hitting a batter. 95 pitches over six innings and an overall really solid performance against, yeah, it was, it was a lowly team he was facing, the Orioles. But again, uh, his best fantasy performance of the season to this point. Now, here's somebody who I talked about on Twitter a little bit, and that is Yusei Kikuchi. Uh, I was looking for him to have a good start here, and he had probably his best outing of the season, arguably his best outing of the season, but I think it's pretty safe to say that it was. He went six innings, getting the victory, only the second victory of the year, giving up one hit, walking three, and striking out six. Just shy of his uh, season high of 91 pitches, he got to 90 pitches here. And Yusei Kikuchi is a really strong ad going forward. Uh, I'm hesitant to say this, but hopefully we, he's the Robbie Ray of this year. I think I've actually said it on the show before that there's a chance that he could be the Robbie Ray of this year in terms of the left-hand. I think I said it yesterday, actually. The left-handed pitcher who is an all-star previously, and Ray was a few years ago. Kikuchi was just last year. But... To bring in a guy who has not been recently at the top of their game, uh, you give them the Pete Walker special, and then they turn into a really serviceable fantasy option, real-life option as well, but fantasy option here, we're, we are really excited. Uh, I mean, as a Toronto fan, really excited, but fantasy managers in general, Kikuchi is someone who's on waivers in a lot of leagues, and he's pretty much a free pickup. So if he is available, I would go ahead and make that ad because he's going to keep getting better and better. Uh, I also talked about this <clears throat> on Twitter yesterday. The strength of schedule that Kikuchi has faced has been one of the toughest to this point, a bunch of Yankee starts and Astros starts. So it's good to see uh, him face a bit of lower competition and also pitch the way you would expect him to under that circumstance. So a really good job there for Kikuchi. 
Tony Gonsolin also had a really good night, going six strong, uh, striking out seven, giving up two earned runs and three hits. Again, another guy who should be rostered. He should absolutely be rostered. I said it yesterday. Um, regardless of format, really, I mean, maybe in an eight-team league you don't roster him, but Tony Gonsolin is pretty much a must-roster player as far as I see it here. Uh, in terms of the pitchers, those were the major big performances. A lot of home runs hit last night, and I'm starting to think maybe there has been something with the ball that they were doing, or maybe they stopped doing whatever they were doing before. I'm really not too sure, but we did see a lot of home runs. We already talked about the Kurt Cazale hit a couple of home runs. Anthony Santander hit a couple. We also had Wilson Contreras, Boba Bichette, Chris Taylor, Josh Donaldson, Chas McCormick, Xander Bogarts, Trevor Story, Trevino, Luis Robert, Gary Sanchez. I could keep going on, but I think you guys get the point. There were a lot of big flies hit yesterday. Seems to be maybe uh, a sign that things are changing. It's maybe a little too early to tell right now, but I'm I'm positive for sure. And uh, and Bubba was talking about it on the show yesterday. Fans are going to be kind of annoyed if we don't start to see more offense pretty soon. So. If they have made a change to the balls already, then that would be really fantastic. Make it a little bit more uh, interesting going forward. I mean, I, I've said this on the show before. I was a pitcher in a previous life, so I don't mind a pitching duel. I don't mind, you know, a ball game where there's a total of five or six hits and it's one nothing, two nothing, two one. I don't mind those games, <clears throat> but for the general fan, I understand. Especially for kids, you want to see some offense, uh, some home runs hit. So. Hopefully, this is the start of a trend that we'll see going forward of more home runs. Now, there is a trade-off, obviously. You see more home runs and more hard-hit balls. You see worse stats out of your pitchers. But hopefully, there's a happy medium there uh, where everybody can be happy. Let's take a look at today's games. And like I said, we have a ton of games here. So uh, let's buckle in. We'll take you through chronologically here as we typically do, and we'll start uh, with the 2-10 game between the White Sox and the Royals. This will be the first game of their doubleheader. And the problem with doubleheaders is sometimes you don't get the starter of the second game announced until uh, closer to the start time. So we have a couple of games here with uh, unconfirmed starting pitchers at the time of recording this. So forgive me if there is somebody who... Uh, you guys, by the time you listen to this, has been announced, but I don't touch on them. Sometimes it's just uh, just a timing thing for when I record. Sometimes not all the information is out there at the time. So let's get into it here. The White Sox and the Royals. Dylan Cease and John Heasley will be the starters here. Heasley is, uh, I wouldn't say a great option here. Uh, the way the the way that the uh, White Sox have been hitting the ball, I would probably expect him to go in more of an opener kind of role. Uh, maybe he'll go three or four innings, but I don't expect a deep outing from him here. So he's going to be a pass for me. Dylan Cease, I'm going to be totally fine with using him here. He is someone who has been, yeah, uh, weird start last time. And he does give up the odd uh, long ball. Not too many, but more so than long balls, there are times when he's prone to giving up a lot of hard hit contact one after the other. So we saw that last time against the Yankees. He gave up six earned runs, but he did strike out 11. Uh, he does have elite stuff, and this is a good matchup for him here against the Royals. So I'm not too worried. If it wasn't for that one bad start, his ERA would be somewhere in the mid-twos. Because of the bad start, you see it now in the mid-threes, and it gives you maybe a different perspective on him than you would have. A lot of people look at ERA. Growing up, that's all I really looked at was the pitcher's ERA and their wins, which are probably the two most meaningless stats you can look at. But then again, there are two categories in fantasy, and they're two of the major things that we do look at in terms of Cy Young voting 
and in terms of evaluating players. So if you're looking just at the ERA for Dylan Cease, it's a little deceptive. He's a lot better than that 355 suggests, and I got no problem here uh, against the Royals to deploy him. In the, the second half of their doubleheader, we got Brady Singer announced for the Royals, but no one for the White Sox yet. I'm not going to be interested in Brady Singer. He is not someone with a great track record. And again, tough White Sox team. I'm going to be taking a pass on him here. So uh, we have the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers next. And we have Tyler Gilbert starting for the Diamondbacks. He's really not going to be a recommended play today. Uh, just being called up here for the start, uh, acting as the 27th man for the doubleheader. So he will not likely go deep into this game, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, the Dodgers tend to do that to pitchers. So overall here, I'm going to be passing. On the Dodgers pitching side, they've kept their cards close to the vest here in terms of the starting pitcher. I don't really know why, but I don't think we have a confirmed starter for the first game. I, I think it might be Ryan Pepio, Pepiot. I'm actually not 100% sure. The guy who was called up a couple of weeks ago to make uh, a spot start there. Think it might be him, but we haven't had a f official confirmation yet from the from the Dodgers. So, at this point, it's really anybody's guess. In the second game of their doubleheader, I think we have a bit more clarity. Uh, I think it'll be yeah, Merrill Kelly and Tyler Anderson will be the starters in the second game. Yeah, yeah, that's confirmed. I, it's kind of weird to have the starters in the second game confirmed before the first game, especially when there's like a seven-hour difference here. Uh, both of these guys have done pretty well to this point in the season. Tyler Anderson's ERA looks a lot worse than it did before. His last time out, he got roughed up by the Phillies. He gave up seven earned in uh, six innings, not five, six innings. But he's honestly a pretty good option here today, and we talked about him yesterday as being a two-start, um, uh, potential for two starts on the week. Now, not going to guarantee you guys that, that it'll be two starts because things do change, games get rained out, uh, shit happens, right? So it's not a guarantee that you're going to get two starts out of him there. But overall, for here, for a stream against Arizona, I feel pretty good about Tyler Anderson. I think he's a good option. Um, Arizona's lineup, we already know what Arizona's lineup is. They're not too impressive. Their pitching staff has been fairly impressive, and that's where we'll switch over here to Merrill Kelly. And that's where there's a bit of a dilemma here. I mean, overall, um, I'm probably not going to be starting him in a lot of cases. Earlier in the week, uh, it really... I've gone on. I've gone at length about this. You set the tone for what your week is going to be, whether it's going to be successful or not, really, depending on your matchups. Early in the week, this kind of matchup is one that you'd like to stay away from despite the success of Kelly. So, I mean, he's been fantastic. He's been one of the better stories in baseball. I picked him up a ton in the first couple weeks of the season, uh, pretty much everywhere I could because I believe in him. I think he's going to be a very successful pitcher going forward. Here is probably not the greatest place to be proven that on the road against the Dodgers. I'm I'm going to be mostly passing on him here. Uh, there may be a league or two where I put him in there, maybe in a points league. I feel uh, less, rest, less risk in a points league than in the category league to put him out there. But as a whole, uh, I'm going to be saying you could, you could stay away from him and probably be all right with that tonight. There's a chance he has a really good outing. Uh, but the risk is real high. So overall, I'm going to be saying it's probably a pass from me. Let's look at the last set of doubleheaders. Uh, we have the Cardinals and the Mets. and This is the same pitching matchup we discussed yesterday, Miles Mikolas and Trevor Williams. And the advice will be pretty much the same. Williams, no, you can't really, you can't really use him in good faith against that Cardinals team. they got a really, really solid lineup out there. 
Williams is very hit or miss using an ad early in the week. Doesn't make much sense to me there. On the other side, Mikolas is someone who has overperformed uh, quite simply to this point of the year. I think he's doing better at this point than he probably is going to do the rest of the season. This is probably the high watermark for him. So I am going to be all right with starting him. But at the same time, uh, he's due for some regression. He's really due to start giving back a little bit in terms of the earned runs. So he has not given up more than two earned runs in any start this season. It's a tough matchup with the Mets here uh, on the road. So I'm a little bit torn on whether or not to start him. I'm going to say as a whole, it's probably better to not. But I also understand uh, sending him out there with how well he's done to this point. I'm personally probably not going to be starting him in the leagues where I have him, but early in the week, I do understand you guys uh, going either way on that one. And the second game of their doubleheader, I think we just have Taewon Walker confirmed and then nobody yet for the Cardinals. Uh, Walker is an interesting play here. We talked about him a little bit yesterday. On the whole, I'm probably going to be staying away from him. He had a really good outing his last time out against Washington, but tougher team he's facing today. I'm not going to be so interested here against the Cards. Uh, as for the Cardinals starter, we don't have an announcement there yet. So nothing to be done at this point about that one. Let's look at the rest of the schedule here. We have the Reds uh, going into Cleveland to take on the Guardians. Battle of Ohio here. Connor Overton and Zach Plezak will be your pitching matchup. Neither one of them really interests me too much. Uh, Overton has had success to this point in the season, uh, yes, but he's also had success against mostly the Pirates, and he had the one good start against Colorado at Coors, which is a little bit of a surprise, sure, but uh, last couple of games have been against the fairly lowly Pirates. He's a low strikeout guy, and a win is very much a wild card in terms of Cincinnati, so streaming him, for me, doesn't make too much sense uh, today, and pretty much that applies most of the time, as well as he's done uh, to this point in the year with the ratio numbers, his team's not going to win a hell of a lot of games, so for the most part, he's not going to be worth a stream. Zach Plezak on the other side is a little bit more interesting to me, but he's pretty much three, four earned runs guaranteed every time he hits the bump. Against Cincinnati, it might be a bit better, but Cincinnati recently, I hesitate to even say this, but they've turned it around a little bit. Uh, definitely by no means been good, but you know they beat up on the Brewers. Um, they won their series, or they split their series with the Pirates. So a little bit more hope for them. Uh, yes, I know the no-hitter was, was brutal. Definitely brutal. But it happens. Shit happens, especially when you're a team like that. Uh, you're going to get unlucky, which is kind of why I think, for the most part, you should stay away from a stream there. Why don't we move on to the next game is the Tigers and the Rays. We have Bo Briesque taking on Shane McClanahan. And Briesque has been not a bad option to this point in the season. <clears throat> uh, you know, pretty consistent these last few times out. And he's had some tough opponents mixed with some subpar ones. He's done well against Houston and the Dodgers. Uh, also against Oakland, Colorado, he was all right. So he's a little bit of an interesting play to me here. But again, early in the week, I I'm trying to be very conservative with my ads at this point. Now, there are leagues where you guys might have 10 or 15 or unlimited ads, and you just want to stream for strikeouts and build up your counting stats, by all means, go ahead. If that's your strategy, if that's the way your league is set up, most leagues you're dealing with a, a set number of ads, usually between four and six for the week. So Briesk is not someone I'm going to be interested in adding here. Shane McClanahan on the other side very much interests me. Uh, one of my favorite pitchers in baseball, even 
heading into the season. Actually, going back to last season, I really like Shane McClanahan. Uh, I've talked about how I really just like the way he pitches. I like I like watching him pitch. This is a really good matchup here against the Tigers. I got no problem thinking he can go seven innings and get double-digit strikeouts here. And <clears throat> I know that might be pushing it a little bit, but I think that that's definitely in the cards for him. He's That's in the cards for him every time he hits the bump. But against uh, a bit of a lowlier offense in the Tigers, I got no problem thinking that he can put up seven innings, ten strikeouts. So I was asked a little bit on Twitter if we'd have um, – the Marlins call up one of their top pitching prospects, whether it be Edward Cabrera or Max Meyer. It won't be either of them today. Uh, we've had Cody Poteet listed as the scheduled starter for tonight, who's also been pretty serviceable to this point on the year, working out of the pen mostly. He's an interesting interesting spot play starter here. I mean, I, I always talk about how you need to be conservative with your ads. I don't think you're going to get burned too badly here. You'll get the spot start from him here, and then maybe later in the week you'll get some kind of relief appearance as well, depending on how their week goes. When you're facing the Nationals, it, it warrants taking a, a quick look anyway because of their lineup. Their lineup just is not good. It's really not good. Again, we were talking about this yesterday on the show. It's Juan Soto, it's Josh Bell, and then it's a bunch of role players and minor borderline like minor league kind of guys a lot of them I'm not not trying to be disrespectful to those guys but it's a good opportunity to stream against them a lot of the time now Poteet probably isn't going to go too deep into this one but if you mix that in with a, a probable relief appearance later on in the week I'm not terribly opposed to to using an ad on him here I think it's I think it's all right on the other side Joanna Doan he's in that Vladimir Gutierrez section of streamers pitchers where it's like the don't you dare ever stream these guys. Uh, there's just there's just no upside. There's too much risk associated with it. Very high walk rate mixed with a fairly low uh, strikeout rate. Lots and lots of runs given up on the year. So no for Adon and Poteet, I'd say, is a little more interesting. Um, but you have to also understand he might go four innings and then that might be it for the week. Probably not, but there is a chance of that. So it's it's not without its risk to, to stream him in there. San Diego and Philadelphia. We have Mike Clevenger pitching for the Padres, and it's a weird day for pitchers being announced. I don't think the Phillies have announced a starter for today yet. Uh, at the time I'm recording this, not that I've seen. Maybe I'll take a quick look on Twitter, and I'm not really seeing anything here. I think we're probably going to have more of a bullpen day out of them. I don't know. Uh, it'd be nice if they could let us know. It's not till tonight, so maybe they're still figuring some stuff out internally. But as of right now, there is no announced uh, starter for the Phillies. Mike Clevenger, historically, is a bit better than this. But I, I said it on the show yesterday, I'd rather see that. And I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me on this, but I'd rather see Mackenzie Gore stay in the starting rotation and then move Clevenger into a longer relief role. Uh and if it's not Clevenger, then maybe you Darvish. Like just you know, somebody I don't I don't really don't agree with Mackenzie Gore going to the pen. And I'm sure that my like forty something percent shares of him also don't agree with him going to the pen. But he's definitely not been the worst option in that in that rotation. I know I'm def- I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but allow me for a second. With you have that many pitching options, why would you take away your young stud 
and take away his his main not his main ability, but what he's comfortable at, and stick him in the pen to <clears throat> to maybe you know an inning here, an inning there, a couple innings there. You can screw up a pitcher like that. Uh, you really can. I've seen it in Toronto with Nate Pearson. That's not the same exact story that happened, but and we know how to develop pitching in Toronto pretty well. <clears throat> I mean, we're not we're not the best at it. We're not the Giants at it. We're not like the Guardians with it, but we know how to develop pitching. And that one we just made a mistake on. It can happen. You take a guy who's a starter who's already having success, and you're gonna mix up his situation, put him in the pen. You could really just mentally screw with a guy by doing that. Now, you don't want to take you Darvish and his bigger contract and put him in the pen. I kind of understand it. But at the same time, are, are we running popularity contests or are we running are we running baseball teams here? And not so much just popularity contests, but in terms of like there's no merit. There's no merit in terms of Darvish going ahead of Gore. I'm just trying to wrap my head around it this last day or so. And I know if I didn't have as many shares of Gore, I wouldn't really care about this as much. It just it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you guys let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know if I'm wrong. Uh, if you, any San Diego Padres fans listening have more insight than I do. Because, of course, there's 30 teams. You can't cover every single bit of detail that comes out with every team. Maybe there's something that you Padres guys know a bit more about. I don't know. All I know is that I would rather see a Clevenger or a Darvish coming out of the pen than Mackenzie Gore. And maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I'm crazy for that. But that's just that's just how I see it. Clevenger tonight against the Phillies on the road. Probably not going to go very well. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm being unfair to Clevenger, honestly, thinking about it. I mean, Darvish, no. I'm not being unfair to Darvish because he's, he's declining. We could see. We saw the other night. I think it was Sunday night, that he's just, he's on a downhill slide. And in the leagues where I drafted you, Darvish, I'm feeling not too great about using the picks that I did on him around pick 100, a little bit after pick 100. So am I being unfair to Darvish? No. To Clevenger, maybe a little bit. But I just don't think he's that great of a pitcher. He was had a couple of good seasons, 2018, 2019. He hasn't really pitched these last couple of seasons. He's now 31 which is not old, but, you know, the last time he was really successful, he was like 28, 29. So I'm fine with Clevenger as an option, but I don't, I'm not in love with the guy. Let's put it that way. Um, I think he's probably not a great option here against the Phillies tonight. He's very highly rostered, so he's not really a streaming guy. But I'm not, I'm not a big fan of him uh, in general, really. I think he's fine. But here tonight, I'm not really going to be too interested uh, sorry, I took a lot longer with that than I wanted to. Every now and then, there's just a, something that gets in my head and something that kind of pisses me off, and I want to address it. So that was me addressing it. Let's move on to the next game. We have the Yankees and the Orioles here. Jamison Tyone and Spencer Watkins will be your starting pitching matchup. The Yankees have yet to lose 10 games yet this season. They're 26-9. and They are rolling. They are a serious team. Jamison Tyone, uh, as of right now, I'd say, yeah, he's a very good streaming option. Now, he is prone to some bad starts in the past. He hasn't really shown that this year. This year, he's been pretty consistent. Like the whole Yankees pitching staff, they've been pretty damn consistent all year. He is prone to the odd bad start here and there. So I'd maybe be a little bit worried that he's due because, I don't know, historically, he's pretty good, but he's never really had a long, long stretch of success, which he's kind of done to this point early in the year. So I'm a little cautious with Tyone. Uh, overall, I wouldn't necessarily advocate um, 
Well, okay. I, he, he should be fine. He should be fine to use here. But uh, there's also uh, a red alert going off in my head that he's due for a bit of a stinker. So keep that in mind uh, if you like. If not, I understand. But I, the, the, the matchup with the Orioles will, will definitely entice a lot of people. For me, I'm just a little worried that he's due for some regression here. On the other side, Spencer Watkins. He's not someone I'm interested in tonight. Uh, pretty much goes without saying. You can't stream guy against the Yankees, especially the way they've been going right now. So we'll pass on him. Uh, and we will move on to the next game. <clears throat> the Astros and the Red Sox. Jose Urquidy and Nate Eovaldi should be a good pitching matchup. Uh, both of them come with risk, but both of them also should have a pretty decent outing. Eovaldi has obviously been more impressive than Urquidy uh, this year, and even go back to last year. Eovaldi's been pretty impressive with the strikeouts and the velocity. It's a real tough matchup here against Houston. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be starting him. But at the same time, I understand if you don't want to start him here based on uh, risk of a blowout. And I don't think it'll be that way, but Houston has really been on a hot streak recently. They lost yesterday, so maybe look for them to bounce back here today. That's not scientific. It's just more looking at baseball trends and how they tend to go. A hot team like that, when they lose one against a team who's struggling, they tend to bounce back the next day. So a little bit of risk there, but overall I'm pretty confident starting him. Jose Urquidy on the other side is a little bit more of a risk. Yes, he's facing a worse lineup, but yes, he is significantly less impressive than uh, Ivaldi here. He's been pretty okay to this point in the season, and he's had a couple of good starts in a row against Minnesota and Detroit. Overall here, I think he's fine, but I don't think he's a must-play by any means. I think both of these guys, there's a lot of risk associated with them. Ivaldi's the better pitcher, but he's going up against the better lineup. Urquidy is definitely the lesser pitcher, but facing the lesser lineup. So, yes, there is risk and reward with both of these guys. At the end of the day, I'll leave it up to you, but I think both of them probably are okay to use here. Brewers and the Braves is the next game. Tucker Davidson will be getting the start for Atlanta, and this is probably not going to be a great spot to use him in. He's only pitched, I believe, the one time this year in long relief, and he threw two and two-thirds, gave up five earned runs, walked a couple. Tough outing here, or tough outing there, and it'll be a tough matchup here against uh, a tough... I, I've been saying tough quite a lot there, haven't I? Let's find a different word. He's got a difficult matchup here against the Brewers on the road, so I'm going to be more than likely staying away from him here. Uh, not more than likely. I will be staying away from him here. It's too risky for me, anyway, to use an ad on him against the Brewers. Adrian Hauser on the other side. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And then once he fools you the third time, uh, I, I don't know where you go from there. Two straight bad starts against the Reds has, let, has left people dropping him. And it, it's completely understandable to drop him. It, well, I mean, after those last couple starts, yes. I don't have any problem with it. And now he's facing a pretty tough Braves team. I mean, they probably haven't performed to the standard that a lot of people expected them. But they're still a tough team, still a, a really tough lineup that can pop off at any given moment. I don't think that I can really go out there in good faith and recommend Hauser after these last couple of outings against Cincinnati, both on the road and at home. And it, and it sucks because going into those starts, he was looking fantastic. And you're thinking, have do the Brewers have five legit options in the pen in, in the pen in their rotation? Like you're thinking, like what kind of rotation do they have here? But maybe it's coming back down to earth a little bit here when you see. Uh, these last couple starts against Cincy. So I'm all right with leaving him on waiver wires or benches tonight. Either way, I'm not. he's not really a recommended play. He's got a, 
He's got to earn his way back into the good books before we start recommending him here again. Let's move on. We have the Pirates and the Cubs. We have JT Brubaker and Keegan Thompson. Neither of these guys I'm going to be too interested in. Yeah, Keegan Thompson has been interesting, but he's not been going deep into ball games. He usually goes about four innings. That's the deepest he's gone to this point in the season. So, again, it's not really worth using an add-on. I'm sure he'll do fine, but to use an add at this point of the week doesn't really make too much sense to me there. On the other side, JT Brubaker, he has disappointed me quite a bit on the season. He's had a couple of all right starts, but as a whole, he doesn't go very deep into ball games. He's up and down with the strikeouts. He can strike out a lot of guys, but he doesn't always, and the walks are definitely an issue still. So overall, we're going to be staying away from this pitching matchup here. Uh, let someone else deal with the headache of these two guys tonight. Angels and the Rangers is the next game. We have Reed Detmers taking the mound for the first time since his no-no last week. We'll see what we get out of him. Uh, you know, I, I talked about it at the time. When there's a no-hitter, it kind of leads you to believe, oh, well, this guy's fantastic. Like, you know, he's he's great. he's going to be a massive pickup, blah, blah, blah. And if you just look at the guys who throw no-hitters in perfect games throughout history, that's not always the case. Detmers is a, a, a rookie. He's 22 years old. And, you know, he had a great start. There's no denying he had a fantastic start. Uh, being able to repeat that, Going forward, I'm not certain he'll be able to do it. So it's a pretty good matchup here, and I understand people are going to want to stream him. People are going to stream him. I just advise caution because not every outing is going to be like last time. And that'll be his best outing of the year, almost certainly. Uh, I'd be ve- <laughs> I mean, it kind of it's kind of sounds stupid to say it out loud, but you're, you're going to be chasing that no-hitter the rest of the year with your ads. So it's not going to happen again. Uh, if it does happen again, that'd be fantastic, but it's it's not going to happen again. You're going to see some regression. So despite the good matchup here, I, I mean, I'm all right picking him up here, but not a recommended play. I think he's definitely due for some negative regression here. Taylor Hearn on the other side, not really a play as well. He did surprise last time out against Kansas City, going five strong, giving up just the one hit and striking out five. He's not going to be a play because of how good the Angels lineup has been doing. It's just not safe enough, regardless of what time of the week it is, really. But using an ad on him at this stage does not make any sense to me. So we're going to be staying away from this game for the most part. But I would also understand if you guys picked up Detmers. That would make sense to me. Uh, it would make sense. I'm not really doing it, but it would make sense. Um, let's move on. Pretty good pitching matchup here. Giants and Rockies. We have Alex Cobb and Chad Cool. You know... It's hard to say exactly with Alex Cobb uh, what we're going to be getting. We've seen the good and the bad. Uh, that Washington start and the Mets one before it earlier were definitely concerning. But he's had a couple of good starts in a row against St. Louis and against Colorado. So he was on the, at home against Colorado. Now he gets them at Coors Field. It's a little bit riskier. On the whole, I'm pretty all right with starting him. Chad Cool on the other side has actually been pretty good uh, consistently this year, despite the one bad start. So before that, he had the bad start against San Francisco on May 11th. Before that, he had not given up more than three earned runs in any outing. I think that it's kind of risky here. At, yes, it's his home park, but it is the worst home park uh, for pitchers in baseball. He's facing a pretty tough Giants team. They're not a great team offensively, but they're, they're all right offensively. I mean, a lot of their strength comes from their pitching staff, I'd say. But overall, I think both of these guys... They both come with a good amount of risk, no question, but I think at the same time uh, an ad would make sense, specifically with Cobb. 
cool, I like, but I don't think he's going to be as good as Cobb the rest of the seasons. I prefer I prefer Cobb here and going forward. Let's move on to our last game of the evening. We have the Twins and the Athletics. Dylan Bundy and James Caprellian. Neither one of these guys has earned the trust, really. Caprellian, uh, I thought he was an all right streaming option last week against Detroit, and he was fine. He went five innings, three hits, two earned runs. Only the one strikeout, which kind of disappointed me. But what are you going to do, right? He was fine. Uh, I sent him back to the waiver wires, and I'm not really too interested in picking him up here against a pretty tough Twins team. So I'm not going to be interested there. On the other side, Dylan Bundy, the true colors were showed um, (laughs) these last couple of times out, 15 earned runs in his last two starts, including the nine earned run stinker, uh, one of the stinkers of the year potentially against Baltimore. A couple of home runs, a couple of walks, 11 hits. Uh, maybe not one of the stinkers of the year, but definitely definitely up there. His ERA from April 3rd to May 4th, it went from 0.59 to 5.76. Uh, classic Dylan Bundy. Shout out Scott Bogman, who completely called this. I mean, a lot of people did, but Bogman on the show saying he wasn't buying into the hype of Bundy at all. And I, I was there with him. Uh, it was definitely interesting for a while to see what he was doing, but now uh, the, the true colors have shown. So there is no... There's no risk. Sorry, there's no risk. There's almost only risk associated with grabbing Bundy today. So I'm going to be staying away, and I advise you guys to do the same. I don't think it makes sense to add him here. Guys, we're going to give you a bit of a shorter show today, try and get you the show before games start. So that will wrap it up for us. Go ahead and check out Twitter, and you can find my threads on most added players for the day, and we'll cover that there instead of here today because – We're heading into the noon hour, uh, Eastern time, and we're going to have games starting soon. I'd like to give you guys a chance to listen to the show before, uh, before the games do start. So thank you guys for tuning in. I really appreciate everybody joining us here. Week eight or week nine now? I think we're on week nine of the show. We've uh, in our 40th, 42 episodes or something like that. So thank you guys who have came and found the show and stuck around and left those uh, five-star reviews on the show. We really appreciate you guys showing your support. Show it on the show page and also show it on Twitter. You guys can find me at JoeOrico99. That's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O 99. Hit me up there for any questions, comments, concerns. Also, uh, you get to see my threads, links to the show when they go out. All my different fantasy stuff goes on um, goes on Twitter. And I was supposed to – I'll address this really quickly. I was supposed to have an article come out uh, for sportsethos.com this weekend – I've had a bit of craziness going on in my family life. I have uh, a sick family member I've been trying to support. So it has been a bit busy. I've been able to do the show and some Twitter stuff, but I haven't been able to uh, properly sit down and write that article yet. So it'll be coming out this week. Uh, Apologies. Probably on the weekend we're going to be seeing it. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll just be looking at a recap of the Fantasy Baseball Week and a look ahead to the week coming. So that will do it for us. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we will see you tomorrow for another edition of Fantasy MLB Today. Cheers.